0: I go. made a promise to my mother, it's okay cause I'm gon' die for this, I put my mind to this Watch all these people, how they treat, you got no time for it I feel no evil, got my demons, I'm just fine with them And all these people think they know me, it don't matter to me Cause I'm gon' die for this, I put my mind to this Watch all these people, how they treat, you got no time for it I feel no evil, got my All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Three Point Stance podcast presented by Steeler Nation, and we got none other than two-time Super Bowl champion, Ike Taylor with us. How you doing, Ike? Caleb, how you doing, bro? I'm doing good. What's up with you? Oh, you know, just living the life, you know? I go back to uh, um, work here on the ninth. I've been on baby leave for the last, uh, you know, three months. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So let's kind of you know kick this off. Um, you know, you were a fourth round pick out of Louisiana. Um, you know, when I, I I was googling all your stats and everything like that because I wanted to compare them to you know all these all these corners um, from your time and just throughout throughout NFL history, basically. And I mean, you're up there in every single statistical category with, like, the tie laws. Tie, I think that was the one I try to compare you to the most as far as uh, Hall of Famers because, in my opinion, your play was – you sh- You should be a Hall of Famer, in, right. in my opinion. I think you're one of the most underrated corners of this generation. Um, and I think you, you might agree. I think the interception numbers is probably right. um, what hindered that. But right. I mean, you used to keep that uh the list of the starting receivers you would uh blanket in the season in your locker, correct? Right. So, yeah. so I look at holding clothes though they
1: clean. Yeah. Hold. Yeah. So I look at it. I look. I look at it like this, Caleb. Like, yeah, everybody look at the interceptions, but it was an honor for. Uh, the coaching staff between Coach Cowell, Dick LeBeau, and Coach Tomlin, they'd be like, hey, you got so-and-so this week. Yeah. And -and so-and-so was the number one receiver. So, of course, my interceptions was going to be down. And and granted, I did a lot without catching them picks. It's a lot more picks that I left out on, on the field, but I'll talk about that later because I think that's pertaining to my son, and I'd rather him have that gene than me. But yeah. anyway, um, when it come down to like statistical categories, when nobody doing it like me, um, I looked up the champ at the time, Champ Bailey, uh, Darrell Reeves. He came after me. I like Darrell Reeves as far as like being the technician. Um, Ty Law was Ty Law. Shantae Sam. It, it was. It was. It was a few guys. I was just looking at Al Harris. It was a few guys I was looking at who I was while I was playing was like, Dang these dudes these dudes are elite. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But far as like my statistical stats other than interceptions, I did everything you can ask somebody to do as a corner. You know, so I don't know how many people um or how many corners can say they played on both sides and they checked the team's best receiver. I don't think people know how hard that is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To 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 have the trust and your coaching staff and your teammates to be like, man, I can't wait to play someone, so I know I ain't going to lock his ass up. Or, yeah. just, or today's going to be a good matchup. A lot of guys don't want that. You know, a lot of guys, for, for us, for, for me to say a shutdown corner and what that meant to me was, give me the team's best receiver so I can lock him up. Yeah, That's that's, 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 that's all I want to do. Like, as Lawrence he, as long as he's not scoring any touchdowns at this level, they're going to make their plays and you can be pissed off all you want to, but sooner or later they're going to make their plays and you just got to deal with it. Right. Yeah. But from my perspective, what a lockdown corner was to me was you playing the other team's best, best receiver. And yeah. what came, what came with that was they always look at they as an offensive coordinator, he's always looking for that receiver to make a play on the corner um the relationship between the quarterback and the receiver is different when you're a stud and when you're a number 1 receiver um you could throw some of the things out of the playbook from a defense or offensive side when you had a Chad Johnson in the Carlson Palmer. you know you can throw the playbook when you when you when you had a Tom Brady and for one year Randy Moss you could throw a lot of things out of the playbook because it was the relationships they had from a quarterback to receiver during crunch times, during third downs, during game winning drives. Like, so people don't understand what it was to be a shutdown, a lockdown corner. A lot of guys can only play on one side because that's what their body is used to. So their body ain't used to turning left if you're on the right side. Your body ain't used to turning right if you're playing on the right side. So when it comes down to, to saying the lockdown corner, yeah it's it's mental it's all mental your coaching staff and your teammates got to trust you to be able to do it and it's not it's not for everybody but then the physicality part you know the right side of the brain got to work just as well as your left side of the brain because you're on two different sides so your right eye got to be just as strong as your left eye vice yeah. versa like it's it's a it's a it's a lot it's a lot going into it when you when you want to talk about being a lot down corner Okay, have your team ever asked you to play the number one receiver for, for, for a span of six or seven years? Yeah. So if your team ain't – if your team is not asking – if your defense coordinator and your head coach ain't asking you to play the number one receiver for a span of five or six years, why? If you think you're that guy, why? Yeah. And that's and – that's, and that's how I always – looked at it you know so as i got older you know you got to sit down on one side you know that's just what it is it's yeah a, professional sports will always be a young man's sport you know that and that's going that's going to be forever but for me it was an honor when coach walked past me like you know you got this
0: week
1: I'd be, like, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like yeah for sure
0: how, how much did your uh wired up helmet with uh with your, your music going Put you on. Which in a whole another world. <laughs> yeah. Like, you ain't even you ain't, it's like
2: uh mentally doing my helmet the
1: way I did it so I can have my own music inside my helmet. Sundays are very stressful for a lot of people doing football season. Yeah. So picture picture how cool your Sundays, how relaxing your Sundays are in the summertime. Just some, some regular chill. That's how my mind was mentally once I started putting the music in my helmet. It was just like a regular chill. It was like cruising on the beach or on a lake in my old school car on my top down listening to music, and it's 75 degrees outside. That's, that's what it was mentally once I started to do that.
0: That, that, sounds, that's, that sounds real right, because that's the best kind of weather, mid mid-70s, around that 70s range. That's that's the best kind of weather, and if you're you were in that mindset, correct. I, I, I mean, I think everybody can say as far as Steelers fans go, you know, you feel bad for those other receivers that you had to go up against. <laughs> yeah, bro, like it was, it, bro. It lockdown with me was me different from a lot of
1: lockdowns. Yeah, you know like if you're DC and your and your head coach don't ask you to lock down the team's best receiver. I'm talking about every game every play. If yeah. they don't if they don't ask you, I mean, I get the interceptions. I played a huge part in that. Um but on the flip side of that, we'll just get to my son. So my son, my son, we just came off a tour. Actually I just I just flew into the troll. So we did Ohio State, Louisville, Tennessee, Notre Dame was our last was our last stop. But um everything I wish I had, he got. You know, and I I tell people this all the time. Um, I tip my hat off to the Rooney family. I tip my hat off to Coach Kyle and Coach Tomlin for allowing my son to work in training camp, to train in training camp, to be in a locker room for playoffs, to be in a locker room for Super Bowls, to to be around this kind of atmosphere so they can touch, see, feel it, and have memories of it. So, um the JP Juniors, George Boy Jones, he I mean he's a Yenzer. You know, he's a he's a he's a he was born he was born in a four one two. So he knows exactly what it you ain't gotta tell him about no history of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You ain't gotta tell him what it is to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. You ain't gotta tell him what the stadium like in the playoffs. You ain't gotta tell him about the confetti dropping on his head for a swim. You ain't gotta tell him he lived it.
2: Yep.
1: You know, what his dad. So it's just it's it's a it's it's a story that's getting ready for him now. He's just so having to get drafted yeah. by the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know. So um, that's what my, my son the same way, you know. He and my nephews they li- they lived it. So they 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 and they lived during a the, they they lived it during the time where all we knew was work and compete. We didn't make excuses. We didn't make excuses. We played hurt. We respected each other. It was a brotherhood. It was love. Like. They lived in that era. So that's all they know. They don't know nothing about being selfish. They don't know nothing about whining. They don't know nothing about complaining because they didn't live it. They didn't see it. They didn't breathe. All they know is, all I know when I put this helmet on, we got to take somebody, we got to take a few souls out of somebody's kids. That's, that's, that's all, all. Hey, off season, all we know is work. During the season, all we know is work. So it's, their mind is different because they came up and they saw it in a different era, which I love it. Yeah. So when it comes down to my son, um, I was a hell of an athlete, Caleb, hell of an athlete. 418. My son <laughs> my son is a superior. He's a superior athlete. And usually guys who have it so-called made like my son who don't have the work a day in their life, ain't got to worry about no job, they usually just kick their feet up and just, live but for the joy porter juniors and the ivan taylors and we just we just left the uh, jerome bettis is something play receiver. he was out in notre dame too yep. the jerome bettis juniors to see the work ethic of these kids to see the grind mode of these kids to see the yes ma'am no ma'am yes sir no sir to open up a door for some light, just to see it without even think to, to see it that's why I say, Caleb, we came up in a different era. Yeah. So our kids, that's all they know. You know, all they know is hospitality, love somebody better than you love yourself, sacrifice your body for someone else. Like, that's, that's all they know, Kenneth. So when And that's what it is being the Pittsburgh Steelers. When you get to the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's not about you, Novo. It's, it's, about, it's about your brother that you're playing with. Yeah. And some, th- some things are going to hurt. And what I mean by some things are going to hurt is you're going to be put in some situations where, you know, it's going to hurt you, but it's going to be beneficial for the team.
2: Yeah. And you might not
1: like it, but it, it, teach you, it teaches you a lot for life lessons. So that's why people, when they want to talk to champions, because that's why I can go to any corporate setting. Take me out of football. The the lifestyle I've lived with Pittsburgh, the stuff I had to go through and endure in Pittsburgh at this professional level, it's easy easy to go corporate because all I know is competition. All I know is adversity. And I tell people, look at this at all times, like, okay, y'all talk about these athletes. Picture you having a corporate job Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and they're hiring somebody bigger, stronger, faster, better than you every year every year yeah cheaper every year so how good you have to be on your game see y'all corporate in a lot of corporate settings you get to be relaxed once you once you hit a, a certain level you get to kick your feet up for us we can't kick our feet up yeah so and that's and that's the picture i try to paint for a lot of people like I'm in the corporate world now. And all I know is grind. I'm in the front office right now. Okay? And all I know is grind. Like my my homeboy, i call him my brother. Like he can't, he can't get like, bro, like how you, how you comfortable in a twin bed? <laughs> sitting? Like, so he thought it was a prank. I'm like, nah, bro, this is, this is training camp. This is, this is, this is grind mode. Like this all, this, this all I know. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want nothing luxurious. The only time I want something luxurious is when I leave camp and I go home and I'm cool. But right now I'm in work grind mode, bro. So it, it's a lot of it's a, it, it's a sacrifice. Like this, 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 this is what a lot of people don't get to see. Like you know, I, I was just fortunate enough, you know, Kevin Kope, we used to call Kevin Kope the former GM, the Reaper. And once you saw Kevin, he came up to your room, kind of asked for your playbook, you know, and pack your stuff. You, you knew it was time to go, you know. So it, it, it's just, it's just this football, this professional, this Pittsburgh still a mentality, bro. It just sets you mentally ready for life, you know. And sometimes it could go on the dark side, and what I mean by the dark side is like. Damn! All I really want to be around is my brothers because don't nobody understand what I'm going through. But my brothers, yeah, and that's your teammates. You know, you know that that's that's that'd be like the dark side. Um, just left. We had to bury one of our brothers, Clark Hagen's. Yep. You know, and to see, we, we was we was so deep. We were so deep. We were so deep. You can see you can see you can see it in a in his family and his friends. Like, okay, we knew y'all was close. But we didn't know y'all was this close. Yeah. Like to see all the guys come back and support Clark and to send Clark off the way we need to send him. Like, but people couldn't understand it, bro. They they, they couldn't they couldn't believe it. But, so when I say it's a brotherhood when his, when his
2: son and his daughter, you know, and we end up, ah, it's getting emotional. Yeah. Um, So it's like, when we in a group text and we're
1: texting each other and make sure we set money aside for his son and his daughter, yeah, like this, how deep it is over here. Like this, the this the real live brotherhood that we have. But yeah, it's
0: it's real over here, bro. It's real over here. Yeah, I know that. Uh, those those teams back in the there. I know they're uh, continuing that tradition now with this team. That everybody was so close. I remember all the stories of like after you know uh, a game or whichever you guys would be out that night all hanging out everybody it wasn't just there was yeah it It, it was not you took the words out my mouth so
2: (laughs)
1: it won't no such thing as like clicks you know it won't know you know it was like offensive lineman hanging out with cornerbacks and safeties you know yeah um I still remember to this day, we, we caught Flo Zell Adams at, at, at the end of his career, coming from yep. Dallas. Yep. Flo was like, me and Flo still chat to this day. Flo was like, so I, right, you mean to tell me corners hang out with offensive linemen? I'm like, bro, we do this all the time. Bro, we <laughs> talk about he was like, where I was at, Wayne, never do none of this. And, and Flo... When you walk into the facility on the south side, like every week they're at, they have like five or six pictures up of guys who did pretty damn good in that game. Flo was like, I ain't never had a picture up over there. Yeah. And, I, and in my head, I, it's mind-boggling because you be like, damn, Flo Zell Adams, like one of the best offensive linemen who ever walked the earth. And they couldn't even put a pitch up for the week for this man, and he and he just come there for not even a full year, and, and he and he saying he see why we winning, and that's and that's and that's when it just hit me, like we different, but yeah. I, I also knew it was different when we got Deuce Staley from Philly. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: When we got Deuce and
1: Deuce and Deuce couldn't. Deuce couldn't believe it, and I'm like, "Dang, you, you right down the street. You're on the other side of PA. You're on the east coast of PA." He was like, "Bro, I see why." He said, "Man, we hear about the so-called brotherhood y'all have, but for me to actually live it and see it and be in his locker room uh, and off the field, I see why." He was like, "Bro, y'all really do, y'all really do take care." of of each other. And we really do, Caleb. Like So it, th- this is just bigger than Pittsburgh. My rookie, uh, I came off the plane, first thing to Shay and did was give him the keys to his Ford expedition. Didn't even know him. He said, bro, get lost, don't get in trouble, just figure your way around the city. I know you ain't got a car right now. Just take my car, save your money, and give it to me in the off season. So now, now that I get corners behind me, what you think I'm supposed to do?
2: Yeah. The same thing.
1: Yeah. So every corner we drafted, who I felt like was a late round draft pick, I did the same thing. Like, bro, take my car. So I just take my car, just give it to me, save your money, give it to me all season. Like this this is like it, it, it's, it's crazy. This is what we when you were at Pittsburgh, like I came, I came up, Caleb, I came up in the perfect era. Yeah. I came up in a perfect locker room. And to hear Dickey, Coach LeBeau, uh, I mean, he's been coaching and playing for over sixty-five years. For him to say he he's never seen nothing like it, never seen a locker room like, it. for him, the Hall of Fame. For him to say it, I never, I've never seen nothing like this ever, a day in my life.
0: He's writing a book. He's writing a book about it,
1: bro. For that man to be in football for more than half of his life, really all his life. Yeah. 65, going on 70 years, bro. Whether it's coaching and playing, 70 years. Yeah. I mean, come on. For the man is, for the man to take his time and have consideration and to write
2: a book on this locker room, for the man to, I mean, they say, they say, uh. They say your child
1: is what the head of the household is. And that was our defense. Yeah. Like our defense, you know, a lot of us had a lot of individual
2: goals, Caleb. And I say this
1: all the time.
2: <laughs> One of the goals
1: was making sure Dick LeBeau was smiling. That's how much we cared about that man. So you, you had your individual goals, and right along with that individual goal was make sure you didn't let Dick LeBeau down. That was another one of them goals. He was just, he's just one of them kind of humans. You know, so um Papa Dan, Dan Rooney, the RIP, the great Dan, he's just one of them kind of humans. Dick LeBeau, just one of them kind of humans. Um, Troy Palomalu, just one of them kind of humans. So I tell people all the all the time, like, <clears throat> my my son, just one, I'm fortunate enough to be around angels who's walking the earth. I say, that's God's gift to me. Everybody ain't. Be, everybody ain't able to say that. So, you know, it started with the Rooney family. Policy door always open. You know that. Papa, Mister Art, know your kid's name, know your wife, girlfriend name. It's small things that your yeah. people people don't think it means a lot, and it means a lot. Like, I ain't know, I ain't know my kid's name my wife's birthday, my girlfriend's birthday. Like, I, 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 how how, do you know that? Why would he take the time to even consider knowing out of all this this billion-dollar business they got going on, why would he consider knowing anything about little Me? And, and, that's, and that's when I was like, yeah, it starts at the top and they're different. Than you know
2: yeah. so
0: i I mean, that's why, I mean, In my opinion, you know the Rooney family is the pinnacle when it comes to ownership in the NFL. I mean the way the way they've gone um, about since you know since Chuck Noll as head coach and having two other coaches since Chuck Noll in the um, continuity that continues to go that way. And from what it sounds like, you touched on it earlier. Kevin Colbert was the one who was knocking on doors to cut people. If I understood yeah. that correctly, he was yeah, a runner to go Colbert. bring him to his Col- office. He was- Colbert different, bro. Like hall of hall of fame
1: GM. Yeah, like, different. And you know, it was just fortunate for me. Him and I had a good relationship. Like I always had an eye. I, I thought I wanted to be a GM till I really got into it. I really wanted to be a director of college college. I always had an eye for talent. Always. Yeah always and Kobe saw that you know they they let me sit in as an active player they let me sit in on meetings and draft you feel me so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: now they just hired me officially you know the past two years to do it but omar i mean omar didn't have to hold his word Omar, omar told me when i retired he was like look bro if i get a job be ready and you know you just hear people talking like all right cool
2: yeah
1: Omar wind up getting a job and
0: putting me on. It was like a week, so, week after too, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. It, it's it's like, so What you how you
1: want me to act? Like for this man to stick to his word, Omar Khan, we're talking about the GM. For, his, for this man to stick to his word, I got to give him every little drop I have. Yeah. I got to prove, I'm going to prove to myself, I ain't worrying about me. I got to prove to this man, every time he had me or give me something to do, I got to prove why he hired me Yeah, to anybody,
2: to anybody in the
1: world. And for me to jump in, this is like, bro, I'm about to be the best. And all I know is competing. So if you think you're a good scout, come out and let, let Let's see. Let's go. Notes for notes. And I'm a marathon-ass dude. Like, you might like a guy, he might take off on two or three years. The guys I like, they're going to be Hall of Famous and it's going to be like high in the hill. Did you see this? And I'm not going to tell you my secret to the sauce.
2: <laughs>
1: you feel me? If you want to make it harder than what it should be, have at it. I do know one thing, though, Caleb, okay, when I see something, I don't change my mind. Yeah. So you're not going to dictate. I'm not listening to nobody else's opinion because I've seen it too often. I've seen greatness too often. I've seen guys statistically or athletically who are not going to run a good 40, who's not going to jump the highest, but damn, they just football players.
2: Yeah.
1: You feel what I'm saying? Jerry Rice was just a football player. He won't run in no four, 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 three. Even even at one point, AB coming out of college. AB won't run in four foes. You put a helmet and shoulder pads on A.B., you know what you do? gonna give you a six-year awesome. period. You can give you a six-year run. Probably one of the best six-year runs out of any, any receiver that ever touched the NFL. Yeah. That would he do. So, and we see, we see only a few of us saw this while we played. We knew it was a good drive pick. We knew when it wasn't a good, good drive pick. We knew who was going to last 10 years. We knew it was going to last two weeks, two months, two years. Because you you, you you be around and you see it, And that's what I like about being a stiller. You acknowledge greatness when you see it. You don't run for him. You don't fight him. You don't think you're a better band. You ride the coattail. When I saw Troy Palamalo on the field, I said, oh, I'm going to be here as long as he's here. Because this dude is way better than me. He just so <laughs> happened to, so to play a different position. But this dude is different. And you just ride the coattail. Yeah. You know, so that that's you know, when you see greatness, bro, you just you acknowledge it. And for me, I just been fortunate enough, you know, to be around, you know, Hall of Fame owners, a Hall of Fame GM, Hall of Fame coaches, and Hall of Fame players, like in one setting. All I've been around is HOF.
2: And they started at the top. Yeah. GM, owner. Both of my coaches,
1: Coach Tomlin going to the Hall of Fame, Coach Kyle already though. Dick LeBeau, Russ Grimm, Munchak. So yep. that's two offensive line coaches, yep. Hall of Fame. So I'd have named five non-playing guys at some point in time. They didn't play with me, but they, they probably have, they have played. Two coaches in the home, right? Mm-hmm. We ain't even talking about Big Ben. Troy Polamalu, James Harrison, Joy Porter Hines, Ward, Alan Fanica, who's already in there. Like wait, Marquise, Pound. we ain't even like we ain't talking about. Wait, um, James Harrison, Aaron Smith, you know, they just got into the Hall of Fame honor for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like we ain't we ain't even talking about that part. We ain't even getting into that. We ain't even getting talking about the Downs and who's been in, who's been coaching. You know, he's in Chicago right now. He's coaching the DBs. Like we ain't we're not even getting into nothing like. I'm, listen, I'm going for days. Yeah. Talking about the greatness. Talking about the greatness I've been around. So I know, I see, I feel. I I know what it looked like,
2: man. Because
1: that's all. That's that's all I've been a part of.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, those. I mean, I was lucky enough. Like uh, when my dad got me into football. It was 2004. You know, Ben's rookie year. So I mean, all I've seen is you know your career. Ben's career, Troy's career, ev- everything transpiring from that point on. I mean, it was just it. It's different. It's, it's I forgot. I forgot. I
1: forgot to mention Jerome Bettis. Yeah, bus stops here. I mean, think about this, Caleb. And this coming from Jordan Porter. Jordan Porter, like before the season even started, he was like, mm, "Hey, we're gonna we we got to see him bust out, right?"
2: Yeah.
1: Before the season even started, like. We gotta send Bussy home. Two ball is, is in Detroit. Bussy from Detroit. We gotta send it, it, training camp. This this is what he talked without Bussy even knowing. And we gotta send Bussy out right. Yeah. That, that's 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 just letting you know what it is the brotherhood of being the Pittsburgh still. And guess what happened? We sent Bussy out right. We sent Bussy out the way. You. A movie producer can't script. Bussy Career one off of what his teammates did too. What a Super Bowl was held at in my hometown, and then when they introduced the Pittsburgh Steelers coming out of the tunnel for the Super Bowl,
0: we already
1: talked, which was led by Peasy. When they introduced the Pittsburgh Steelers, everybody fall the F back. Let this man have this moment by himself yeah come on bro come on bro yeah. then,
0: when
1: a, then when the man then when the man wins the super bowl when he wins when he wins the super bowl he said man the bus stops here this is my last stop
0: yeah come on bro yeah. come on man and i i remember after that uh like the exit meetings after the AFC Championship in two thousand four, um, right. obviously it was. Um, I think uh, Bussy's talked about that, um a few times. Where immediately after that championship game, Ben's walking down the tunnel with him. He was like, "Stay one more year, I got you." And then, um, then you could just see the emotion. Like Heinz Ward, he's got that you know famous interview at least amongst Steeler fans in Pittsburgh where he's bawling his eyes out. You know, we just wanted to do it for him. And like, like you said, it, you couldn't write a better movie script. How do you go 15-1 and one in 2004 and then you come in the next season and you're the first sixth seed to win the Super Bowl all while trying to do it for, for Bussy.
1: Hey, and you can't, you can't, hey, Caleb, bro, you can't, not the six. I remember when we lost, we lost uh, to the coach And Coach Kyle, he will not tripping. Usually Coach Kyle be tripping, like, he yeah. be hot. Coach Kyle was like, we'll be back. He said, y'all go out on show up, get ready. We'll be back We'll see him in the playoffs. And they'll be in our way to get to where we want to get to in the playoffs.
2: And you just like. Okay,
1: if if Coach Kyle was saying that, he sees something we don't see right now.
2: Yeah.
1: He's looking at it from a coach standpoint, like, okay, I got the team I need. I had – I seen this team before. We didn't finish the job. I got the team I need now, and I think we're going to finish this job, and that's the voice of Lombardi. Yeah. So when when Coach said that, he won't lie.
2: Then I think we had to
1: win six games just to get seated, and with yeah, it in Chicago, Chicago, snowy, uh, Hinesville at the time, Bussy putting on Brian Urlacher. and Brian Urlacher was like the league's MVP. I can't. once he once once he did that the season. The season. The season took a 180. Yeah, and we and we was in that. We had that 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 Tupac after World Mode. It's is still us versus your mama. Yeah. We didn't care. If you didn't have black or gold on, we didn't care whether your mama, your grandma, your auntie, your uncle, we didn't care who it was. If you wasn't wearing black of gold, then on Sunday, you was in between them two them two lines. What was it the two white lines? It was an issue. And
0: yeah. we, we had we had
1: it on both ends. It was, and if we, felt like, if we felt like he was getting too sporty with your mouth, we'll see, we'll see in the locker room, too. Yeah. But we would just, that 2005-16, 2000, that different. Yeah. Different. Hey, we could squabble this on or off the field. It don't matter. Matter of fact, I do. we don't really want to fight on the field because everybody's going to break us up. After we get done, meet me at this
0: location. Bro, I can't can't script this. I can't script it. There was, I I do it because Joey Porter was on um, Ryan McFadden and Pat Pete's uh, podcast not too long ago after um, Junior was drafted. And he was talking, I think they talked about when you guys went up to the Baltimore Ravens bus. To the bus? Yeah. (laughs) Didn't, Didn't even, didn't even. So, you
1: know. For the at the time, he, you know, he, he one of the roughest in the league. Yeah. Uh, Ray Ray at the time, he's one of the roughest in the league. One of, you know, Hall of Fame, Ray Ray. You know, I don't know how, I don't know what happened. I don't know what words was exchanged. All I knew was, I don't know if Ray felt some kind of way about Peasy, but Peasy was like, damn, bro, I kind of really look up to you. Like, we're never, if you're on the same side as me, I don't care what team you're with. We ain't never talking about each other
2: because we understand how hard it is.
1: Yeah. And Peasy felt, felt some kind of way. I don't know if Ray told him something. And all I knew was PZ ain't even have to say nothing. Came in the locker room, took his shoulder pads, and his helmet off. And you know how you just read somebody's body language? Yeah. <laughs> soon as I, soon, soon as I saw that, I said, Oh, helmet, shoulder pads off. And when he saw, it was a few of us, and he 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 looked he looked back. And they used to call me Young Gunner, you know? And he just looked back and chuckled at me. And that's when he knew, okay, this little dude about whatever, went up. Yeah. He's ain't. Like, hey, 'Cause I ain't even tell them. Now, ain't nobody say nothing to me. But just growing up how I grew up in New Orleans, um, at a time between ninety-four and ninety-eight, it was like the murder capital of the world. And there was a very ignorant mindset now that I'm older. Um, eye contact and get your natural beef. So say like Caleb, you and I, you walking north and I'm walking south, but we on the same, we're on the same sidewalk you give me eye contact, I give you eye contact, and we don't know each other. As soon as we meet up, we swing. Yeah. That's that's how bad it was growing up. Like, I don't know you, you don't know me, you look at me. So that look was in New Orleans, and they still say that to this day, like, oh, I feel played. You, you thinking you got something soft, just off a of look. Now, very ignorant, now that I you know think about it. But at the time, that's just, so you just read, it was the concrete jungle when I was growing up, so you just you don't say much. You just read a lot of body language, you know. And I remember, you know, one of my uncles. One of my uncles did a lot of time in in the cell in Angola, to be exact. And he said, uh, "The mouth will always lies to you, but the body won't."
2: Yeah.
1: He said, "People can say what they won't say. Just read, just just read their body language." And and that's why I I I've, I've been a great body language reader, you know, and that's just due to the environment at the time where a lot of people didn't talk or say nothing. You just you felt and you saw when something was on their mind, whether it was good or bad. You know, so that's all that's all that was. And it helped me out it helped me a lot out. It helped me a lot in football. You know, just 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 able to read, um opponents body language teammates body language coaches body language it just helped me out for the world to be honest with you but um we'll get into talking some training camp stuff because i know you got some training camp questions too as well this is my first day um back in the building coming from my son and, and, and traveling with these with these visits and i say this to tell you like i said told to somebody brian on another podcast like what I expect out of guys who I think we draft high is my expectation, so I expect them to do well. When I come into training camp, I look for a sleeper. I always look for somebody who nobody's talking about, even can't imagine or even have a shot on making the team. They wind up making the team, contribute, then three from years from now and they start and you'll be like, dang, well, I said so-and-so because I got my own podcast. So I always, like, I always like to catch a sleeper wherever I go. And, but this is just not even with the Pittsburgh Steelers, just just in football in general. Um, I talk about a sleeper, even though we're in camp right now, I talk about a sleeper that I was talking about. Coming from uh, Clemson, he played receiver. He just got injured, Justin Ross. He with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. I've, been talking about, I've been talking about Justin. I said, whenever this man get right, he went to the perfect team. He went to a team who was going to be patient with him. He went to an uh, offensive guru at that head coaching Position, also coordinator, and he went to one of the, one of the most special wide receivers you can mean, you know,
2: quarterbacks you can have, and Patrick Mahomes. And I say, man, he couldn't fall. You hear? Yeah, yeah. Your screen went black. Okay,
1: but yeah, um, Jalen Warren for us, you know, running back. Yep. a Co- couple of years ago. Couldn't. He was one. He was one of my sleepers. Yeah. You know. So, I get. First, it starts off with finishing plays without the pass. Then, when the pass come on, you see him get extra two and three yards. Like, but you see him for like five days doing this. So, this is just him. Yeah. Like that ain't nothing new about it. So don't don't talk to me be like oh he, nah if this dude this is his resume his resume means he's gonna fight for yards because he's in pass. Okay, what's the next thing? Oh, we want to see him do pass protection. Oh, all right, running backs on linebackers. Pass protection, check that off. Yeah. So it's like, okay, he didn't check that off. All right, let me see him catch out the backfield. Check that box off too. All right, now we want to see him play in the game. Now nah, it's too late. See, now y'all adding on stuff. Let me go ahead and look at his college tape. Oh, his college tape said he didn't get the chance or his offense coordinator asked for him to come out the backfield. They didn't ask him to pass protect so why he didn't check these two off right quick all he needed is opportunity and once he get on the field it's about to be a wrap before Jalen got hurt what it was and once Jalen came back what it was so them the kind of guys i like to look at. i like to look at the sleeper the levi wallace nobody ain't talking about you know it like every time levi step on the field he's a football player Yep. stop looking at the height size and speed on whatever you think that position should look like just know every time they put the man in he's closing the games out so it's it's a it's a it's a lot of that i'll look at you know i the guys i expect to do well i expect them to do well i'm always looking for a guy who can contribute in a major way that people ain't even talking about
0: yeah, that's uh Levi was one of my favorite pickups um last season along with uh James Daniels. Um but yeah you talk about like uh obviously we all knew I think a lot of us knew that the Steelers were pounding the table for Joey Porter once he fell to 32. Um I think all the all the hype around them potentially shopping the pick was it wasn't, there There was no, no such thing happening, in my opinion. Um, but let's talk about that seventh round guy in Corey Trice a little bit before we dive into training camp. Because, I mean, he's got a similar body style to uh, Joey. Uh, I mean, really, I mean, they're almost identical in every way of their game.
2: Yeah. So, what Corey, could- Excuse me. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. So,
1: is I don't know if you watched the uh, the Errol Spence and uh, Bud Crawford fight this weekend. I'm a huge boxing fan. hmm
2: There's levels to it. Yeah.
1: So, so even even though they got the same kind of body type, and Trice is even bigger than than JP Junior. Yeah. It's still. It's still levels to it. You know, it's is is it's, it's it's levels to it. Growth and development, um, it's gonna be on trice on how fast he grew and developed to be a professional, on how fast he gets on the field. Uh, right now it's gonna be special teams. And that's Joey, that's JP Jr. too. Yep. So they they both gonna have to contribute, contribute in a major way on special teams, you know. Um, but it's levels to this. Just because you got the same, the same, the same body type. um, It's still in some form or fashion levels to this game at that cornerback position. Uh, We'll put, we'll put JP Jr. Ahead of a lot of people just, just in general uh, as a corner was, you know, I've been around this since I was, I was, I've been in the NFL environment since I was a baby, you know, that's, that's what put, you know, so, for him, it's probably for Joey Porter, JP Jr. and and Cody and CT. For them, it's probably the the speed of the game, you know. Yeah. Right now, it's just the speed of the game. Right now, and the slow down. Um, the the faster it slows down for them, the faster it'll be. We'll be better off as a secondary, as a team, as an organization. One of them gonna get it faster than the other, but if both of them get it at the same time, that's a bonus bonus but it usually don't work like that, but uh, but yeah, it's levels, it's levels. It's that Bud Crawford, um, it's that Errol Spence. Both of them good. Errol Spence is a hell of a boxer. Bud is a hell of a boxer. Uh, CT is a hell of a corner. JP is a hell of a corner, but it's still levels to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, that's, that's, that's how I look at it, but the faster them two – Uh, Can can get on board. The better off we'll be as an organization and teams, which shouldn't be a problem.
0: Yeah. What what a um, better way to get to those levels Mm -hmm. than having a mentor like uh, future Hall of Famer Pat Pete?
1: And Pat Pete was Pat Pete was what Deshae Townsend was to me. Pat Pete was. What Joe Hayden was a couple of years ago to the to a young secondary, and that's what that's what Pittsburgh do. You know, yeah. you got a future, you got a future gold jacket, who's who, JP Junior and Cody Trice was looking at in college. Why that? Why in college they was looking at him in the NFL. In college they was looking at him in in middle school. Like so, Pat Pete been that guy since the LSU days. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, dang, I didn't watch Pat Pete shut down the Julios and the A.J. Greens. Then after that, he he did punt return on a big stage for LSU. Now he's a first-round draft pick for the Arizona Cardinals. We see what he do with the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, he go to Minnesota, play a stand in Minnesota. He doing his thing. Now he's in my locker room. Now he's in my meeting room. So I get to pick his brain and see how the hell he's been successful for that long. He's a coach on the field, yeah. you know, and when you got a guy like that who can play slot um, outside in safety, you know, they they don't come around often, you know. So it gives you as a coach time to develop your two young studs. Yeah. You know, because you know you got a guy. And if if one of them develops faster than the other, now I can move this Jenga piece in the secondary. Because he's seasoned and he's veteran enough, and he understands football. He's seen enough football to be like, "All right, coach, where you want to put me at this week?" You know. So it's it's just a guy like him is just good for young guys, um, like a Joy Porter in a CT. You know. So
0: yeah. Before, yeah. But before we uh, kick off into this uh, onto this year's team, your camera I think is off.
1: My camera is off. Yeah. All right, hold on. I might need to hit it. Let me see.
0: There you go. Okay. There you are. Arizona. Yeah, you're good now. Yeah, there was All like right. a 5 minute span where your camera was off, but you were you were in the flow of things, so I was like I'm just gonna Oh, okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, um yeah, I mean, what's what's your what's your thoughts on this year's team between like the growth of Kenny uh, you know the addition of Alan Robinson. Um, you know Calvin Austin coming back with his wheels, and it and it looks like his <laughs> he's, he's back to full speed after his injury last year. I mean, there's there's a lot of promise amongst this offensive unit, and then we can kick into the defensive unit after that.
1: Yeah, um, this is my first day. Like for me mentally, um, seeing the way the front office moving Omar and uh and his staff and us seeing the way he's been aggressive in the off season, which is unorthodox for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Um, but what I said what I will say about O, O waited 20, 21 years to get in this position. So he understands exactly what it is to to be in a Pittsburgh Steelers front office, whether it's under Kevin Colbert, Coach Cowell, Mike T, and he was the he O was the the contract guy. Yeah. So you're getting the best of both worlds in one GM. He he can pretty much do it all. He know he he just like my son, and myself, and JP Junior. He know what it is to be a Pittsburgh still. He didn't see he he didn't seen the locker get orchestrated before. Yeah, on what it should look like to win Lombardis. You know what the personnel should look what the body type should look like. You know he he didn't seen all this before, so. The moves I see him making, I'm like, in my mind, my personal opinion, like, oh, ready to win right now.
0: Yeah, that's that's I mean, that's, that's a feeling we all, we all have seeing what he's doing. Is is
1: from the outside looking in, it'll be a far stretch. People can't, they won't, they won't be able to see it till it's too late. Till it's too late. Yeah. So just watching the way oh is moving, you know. It's very strategic, but he he knows exactly what a locker room from a personnel standpoint should look like
2: yeah
1: should look should, he waited he waited twenty one years, so
2: he know exactly
1: <laughs> he knows exactly from a personnel standpoint on how that locker room should look like and yeah. I just be sitting back, Caleb, because I'm like, dang, this man waited for this. He waited for his moment, and he's taking full advantage. I watched this man on draft day, watch him get in a whole different, them three days, he got in a whole different mode. And a few of the higher-ups had to respect his decision because when he said he meant it and you felt it yeah so i'm sitting i'm sitting on draft day like i don't even know this dude (laughs) like (laughs) what in the world this dude has become and i i i I text O after the draft i say bro i'm just so proud of you (laughs) it was like I said, first of all, I'm proud of you, you know, completing your first full draft. Like, I say, bro, but you turned into a monster on them three days, bro. I said, you don't know it,
2: but I saw it. Your decision-making was either y'all fucking
1: with me or y'all not. Yeah. But this is what the fuck I'm doing. He didn't say it. You can just see in all his strategic decision-making, like, I, (laughs) we need to get there as soon as possible. And these are the moves I'm making without saying it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like,
2: I'm saying
1: to myself, like, oh, like I've been knowing Omar for 23 years, but I really don't know him right now. Like he's just he didn't turn into the Hulk
2: ASAP. <laughs> but um I see his vision. Yeah.
1: I, I'm I'm he's my pay grade, his pay grade, way two different people. But I see his vision.
2: Yeah.
1: I I've I i because I've been on it. I'm i no I've 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 played it. I seen it. I smelt it. I live it. He's orchestrating
0: it. Yeah, I mean I mean it all started with uh you know um no disrespect to Chase Claypool, but being able to get a draft pick that he was it was even higher than what Claypool was selected at. Listen. Like, that's uncommon in this day. Like, we got a fourth and a sixth for Antonio Brown, one of the greatest receivers ever. And then we basically got the first-round pick because the Dolphins forfeited um, their pick.
1: Yeah. I mean, oh, I mean, when you got a guy, that's what I'm saying. you just getting you getting a Swiss army knife when you talk about Omar Khan. Yeah. You know, the, the dude was in charge of the money before he was and he was a part of you know being 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 in the front office you know sitting under kevin colbert coach t and, and 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 coach tomlin and 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 sitting with hall of fame uh position coaches you know on what on what they like what they don't like like that's that's and that's and that's what i'm saying caleb like he knows he like i'm seeing i'm seeing it because i'm like people don't like when I say Omar Khan you know you Omar Khan been around greatness just as long as I have I think he was a, a year or two before me yeah. we just so happen to be from the same city you know he's a New Orleans guy I'm a New Orleans guy so but oh I mean he's a he's a younger bro like, to be someone yeah. for 20 years that's you know I ain't you know I've been in Pittsburgh 20 20 that's you know that's half my life yeah so that's this
0: all I know. All I know is four one two.
1: Yeah, that's all I know. Like that's that's all, that's all, that I, all I ever is. see
0: you wearing is four one four one two attire. Oh, that's,
1: <laughs> that's, that's all I know. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Like that's so it's just. But then to put that on top of being a stiller, it's a totally different person.
2: Yeah,
1: like okay, you lived in a four one two, but you 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 play for the stillers and won. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's a little bit different. That's a different level. Yes, it is. You know, so and Coach T, I think he summed up, and I gotta go after this. Coach T summing it up in the perfect. When you win Super Bowls in Pittsburgh, you're on scholarship for life.
2: Yeah.
1: The man ain't. just Look at it. 70, <laughs> look at the seventy Steelers. Yeah. Who still get love in 2023. Yeah. Who made Pittsburgh home from the seventies. You know, so of course he ain't lying. The man, the man ain't lying. Um, it's only a few who can say they're Pittsburgh's still a head coach, he just won the three.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, and that says a lot about the organization. Uh F what the world is doing. It's only one team in Pittsburgh, it's only one team in football, and that's Pittsburgh.
2: A hundred percent.
1: When you're a Pittsburgh Steelers head coach, you know, you see with with the Rooney family and and the higher ups on how they think, they don't listen to what the world is doing because we in our own bubble. we don't let y'all dictate, we dictate to y'all. You know, and that's what I love about the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, on on how how I look at it, how my son and how they talk uh, in this generation, we apply pressure. That's all we do is apply pressure. Whether you want it or whether you want it or not, uh, you ain't gotta get used to it. You ain't gotta like it. But you know, just being a Pittsburgh still, all we're applying is pressure. That's all we're applying. So yeah. That's what I love about it, dude.
0: Well, I'll I'll tell you one thing. This has been one of the most fun interviews that I've been able to personally do. Um you made you made my job really easy today. With you, thought you were just able to go on the go on your stories, and it just makes it makes it easy for me. So I appreciate you. I will need you to stay back after we end this to let the files upload real quick. Um, but man, what a great episode with two-time Super Bowl champ, current um, member of the scouting department, Ike Taylor. Yeah, kid,
1: say before we head out. Yeah, Kev, I appreciate the invite, bro. Been a hell of an interview. Um, thanks for just letting me flow. Um, I kind of knew the kind of questions you probably wanted to ask me, so I was just like, let me just knock them all out in one session. That session took us fifty eight minutes and counting, which is a good <laughs> thing. Which is a good thing. That means yeah. that mean that mean we was just we was Bruce Lee, man. We was being like water, you yeah. know, so that's all we was doing. But, yeah, bro, I appreciate the invite, bro. Hell of, hell of a show. Hell of a show.
0: Yeah, we, we like to uh, – Trey, Trey said we had Trey Essex on um, a while ago, and he was like, this, this show is like it doesn't really – we try not to have a script or anything like that. We try and let it have like that locker room feel where it just – you know, it can carry on for 30 minutes. It can carry on for an hour, you know. So that's kind of what I pride myself on. I like right. having uh, – I want everybody to enjoy their time. I don't want too much pressure on anybody to have to feel like they have to answer a certain way. So again, you're one of my all-time favorite players. Appreciate you. Um, Everything like that. Again, most, one of the most underrated corners of this generation. Um, So with that, that's the end of three point stance episode with
2: Ike Taylor.